Welcome to Cannabis Investing Newsletter. I'm D.H. Taylor. Today I want to take a look at Plus Products, a company that just declared bankruptcy up in Canada. They just filed for bankruptcy, I should say. They're looking for protection. Things aren't really working out. This, despite the fact that they started out as one of the first companies out there in California producing their edibles and things like this. They did really well at first, and then since then it's been all downhill. So what I wanted to do is show this particular company and kind of walk through the financials so that maybe you could see some patterns that should you be looking at other companies that may have these similar patterns, might get you to tap on the brakes a little bit and back off. I had a uh, subscriber, one of my followers, send me an email asking me to kind of look at this company because he, he wanted you guys to be in the same, didn't want you guys to be in the same position that he is, that he's now sitting on potentially what could be a 100% loss on that position. I believe that actually that this company is probably going to pull out of uh, protection, but he's probably going to take a loss. And that's disconcerting. I've had a few uh, emails with him. Great guy. Love chatting with him. Nonetheless, let's jump into the computer. Let's take a look at this and see if we can see some patterns that maybe you should be looking at to prevent your own loss of this kind. Let's jump in. If you are new to the channel and to my website, thanks for stopping by. Been building this company, uh, this uh, website and channel for the past six months. Things are going really well. Um, I'm a value investor. I look at these companies and I break them down. I break down all the financials so that you have a better understanding of how to look at these things and kind of weed through it all. No pun intended. Um, and as I mentioned, today we're going to look at a company that just filed for bankruptcy protection. Now, they're probably not going to tap out. They still have some money on on the in their books. Um, they're looking to be acquired. They're looking to re kind of restructure a little bit. So they'll probably emerge out of this just in a different way. But if you look at the numbers, if you kind of break everything down, it's not exactly a company that you should be screaming to buy. And we'll we'll jump into that. Um, plus products, PLPRF down here in the United States, $17 million market capitalization. Now their stock's down considerably. They could be a $75 million company should you have looked backwards at some of their valuations previously. So Perhaps the individual, and I don't know when when uh, he actually bought into this stock price, but perhaps he bought in when it was kind of moving forward. Because in the very beginning, they were moving forward, and it looked good. And then it's been a slow decline since. Uh, 40 million shares outstanding. First mover status in California. As it turns out, that didn't really help them out too much. What happened was I think they were just the first company to really kind of put some product out there. The competition showed up. These guys didn't weather that competition very well. Their revenues declined. There were also other issues going on with distribution. The past quarter, these guys plus products turned around and said, listen, we need to do some self-distribution because there are issues. Pandemic hit. There's a lot of things going on and they really wanted to take control. And then their revenue took off again. So their turning the corner really did help. A little too little too late um, then they might make it uh, declining revenue I'm going to show you the revenue chart this is one of their first one of the issues that I looked at and I saw I was like well uh, notwithstanding this most recent revenue which they did really well on this particular revenue with the kind of retooling of their distribution notwithstanding that 
it's like a straight line downward. Um, that's one issue. Another issue, there were shifts in, um, I guess, the pandemic itself. People switched from being able to go out to a bar, pop in a gummy, and having a nice light buzz throughout the entire evening. Instead, you're stuck at home. You're not messing around with gummies. You're going straight to flour. You want the effects right away. And so not being able to provide that product, you know, consumers shift into different directions and this affected revenues as well. Another thing, uh, the share price declined considerably. Now they're sitting on some warrants and I think this is really the issue why they declared or, or sought bankruptcy protection is because they have some warrants that, that are coming due here from what I gathered, from what I read, and I could be wrong on this one particular issue, is that they've got a bill to pay that they just simply cannot do that. Um, given that, they thought we can file for protection and keep the company running. Maybe they're in there for about a year or so and really kind of kind of churn and not have to worry about footing the bill on those warrants. Um, because I think I read the warrants were something like $6.50 they issued those warrants like when the stock was around a buck 50 to 250 somewhere in there so that looked reasonable the stocks trading about was trading about 30 cents so it's a bit of a stretch if you've not stopped by my complete list of cannabis stocks i have updated this this was my labor day weekend project then come tuesday my computer decided it didn't want to function anymore so i had nothing better to do than to finally finish this up and so i took about 80 hours to put this together it was ginormous nonetheless there's a lot of information on there what i do on this particular page for those of you not stopped by before i compare every company to each other in different metrics you get to go in there and sift through that and figure out where any one particular stock may line up uh plus products let's take a look at how these guys line up number 77 in market capitalization um, you could turn the clock backwards a little bit when their stock price was up between say a buck, buck 50 or something like that. And they were probably about a 75 to $85 million company. Uh, maybe more, maybe less. It's not really that important, but at 16 million, that's really low. Uh, num number nine, never revenue growth rate, 92%. That puts him in the top 10 for revenue growth rate. Unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to take him out if I do uh, do a top 10 video on revenue growth rate, simply because, number one, you can't trade the stock right now. Uh, number two, it's really kind of a misnomer. When you look at the, the new data that I have up there, you can go backwards and look at some six, five to six different quarters of information. And by doing that, you can see that they, they, they're – Revenue was declining, 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 and then all of a sudden they popped upwards. So this is kind of misleading. Number 12, revenue per share at 31 cents. Um, they don't have a very high share count, so that's why that happens. Gross margins, 39%. This puts them at number 42, sort of right in the middle. This is beginning to show what the issue was and why they had to ask for bankruptcy protection. Gross margins aren't quite there, but the real kick was operating efficiencies. They're at 60%. So your gross 
gross uh, cost of goods is 60% and operating costs are 60%. So 120% of their costs are eaten up in the revenue. So for every buck they're earning, they're paying a buck 20. They've, you've got to scale up and get to EBITDA profitability. These two metrics right here, it's a downward spiral if you do not get there. Um, EBITDA to revenue, negative 16%. Again, you've got to get to EBITDA profitability. This is the goal of any company. You know, at first you start off with your business plan, raising capital, digging dirt, doing uh, selling product, getting there. Then the next to the last step is uh, obtaining a bit to profitability. Then beyond that, of course, net earnings profitable. They never got there. Uh, cash to debt ratio. They're kind of right there in the middle. They do have cash on hand. So what they're going to do is by filing for protection, they're basically avoiding having to pay a bill up in the future uh, turning to the judge and saying, you know, we're going to need to kind of slow down a little bit on this bill here. They're going to be able to run the business as is. And if they can retool things and get to a bit to profitability, then maybe even raise cash or sell out. And here's the revenue chart. 4.8 million for this quarter. But the previous four quarters, 4.3, 3.7, 3.1, 2.5, downward, and then all of a sudden they popped up. Now, you know, they saw a problem. They addressed it. Is it too little, too late? Operating costs appear to be too high. Cost of goods, probably if they were to push revenue higher to say six million dollars per quarter cost of goods might um, decrease relative to revenue and therefore their gross margins improve likewise same thing with operating costs if you push revenue up say another 20 percent or so that might have a positive effect let's take a look at some more metrics Here's a gross margins picture, 39.6%, 40% the quarter before, 29, 40.5, and 34.9. So they're pretty flat with gross margin numbers. Um, they need to start pushing for that 50% mark. But that has a lot to do with uh, revenue pushing through the system. I just did a video on Next Green Wave. It's the video just prior to this one where showing how next green wave took a hit to revenue for this one quarter and you could see the effect it had on margins and i felt that was kind of a, an important tutorial to kind of visualize how that plays out here's our operating efficiencies at 60 percent that's a vast improvement from the quarter before at 136%. R remember, you always want the lowest possible metric in this particular number. These guys are spending too much on operational costs relative to the revenue they're earning. They need to earn more revenue. They need to cut costs. 
Whatever that, ha however that plays out, we'll see. Now they did have a solid revenue. Uh, it's possible that they can continue with that success and push forward. They retooled, so that's a positive development, but their costs are still high relative to what revenue they've printed so far. So you're going to need to look at this in the future. And here is EBITDA profitability, negative 800,000 for the quarter, negative 2.3 million the quarter before that, three, negative 3.4, negative 1.2, negative 1.2, the four quarters previous to that. You've got to get to EBITDA profitability. You've got to scale up in a way that your core business is handled. At that point, you can. it's much easier to turn to the markets and say, we need to raise capital, we're expanding, things are going well. Um, it's, you know, whether it be the market or whether it be a private uh, placement, anything like that at all. If you're not there, someone's going to look at that and say, why would I want to invest in this? Because you're lagging. Go back to the revenue picture. It was declining, 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 declining. Okay? Margins weren't quite there. They're as flat as can be. Operating costs. They're spending too much quarter after quarter after quarter. As I mentioned, out of 100 companies, I think 31 of them are EBITDA profitable. And it's, I'm not sure on the total number of net earnings positive companies. Um, but it's a decent number. Here's the thing. all Those 31 companies are probably pretty solid. Uh, and they're getting there. Why mess with the other 70? Because this company shows you that there are still challenges ahead. And those challenges might be detrimental to your bank account. Um, this is always sort of like whenever I get questions from people, you know, where should I gravitate? What should I look at? Right here. If they've scaled up to a point where they're EBITDA profitable, then it's just a matter of additional revenue, additional revenue. And that's the other thing. Start looking at their revenue along with EBITDA. If they push these numbers a little bit higher, how does that affect the bottom line? How much trickles down? These are important questions to kind of start looking through. This particular company, they're not EBITDA profitable. I wouldn't touch them. You know, I'm. they were on my list of things to do, but when you look at the numbers, it's a long list and they're way down there, except I got an email and I thought, you know what, I'm going to throw this guy a solid because we've had a few conversations and he's a, he's a decent guy. So this is what you really got to focus on is this EBITDA. Because for any new company, achieving this, that's sort of like we're there kind of thing. And of course, net earnings are going to reflect EBITDA profitability, negative 2.3 million for net earnings, negative 2.9 for the previous quarter, negative 3.6, negative 2.4. Okay. Here's something you got to start taking a look at. Cash on hand. These guys are blowing through cash. Two and a half bucks per quarter. They've got about six million left, according to the numbers I've looked at. That's two and a half quarters. They're going to run out of cash. And their prospects for raising cash don't look awesome because we go backwards to EBITDA. Uh, assets on hand. 
I'll be showing you that chart. They need to raise probably a solid 15 million just to keep going. Um, and when you start putting these pieces together, you go back to the EBITDA picture and say, why would I mess with this company? There's 31 companies here who are really close or already there. And all those stocks are significantly undervalued. So why take a long shot? You know, because there's so much opportunity right now because stocks are so low comparatively. Earnings per share, of course, negative four cents, negative six cents, negative seven cents, negative five cents for the previous five, four quarters. This mirrors, of course, net earnings. Um, let's just move right forward. Shareholder equity at 1.6 million. Um, I'm going to start putting this in here. If you missed my next screen wave, uh, I'm going to start adding a couple more things in here. And um, especially those 30 or so companies that are a bit profitable, it's time to start looking at these metrics and adding more and more into these presentations for you guys. And I think this is an excellent example of a company that is not creating investor value. You've got 6 million, 3.8 million, 0, 4 million, 1.6 million. This is a downward slope. Management's job is to create value for investors. And shareholder equity is one of those metrics that we can look at and ask the question, is management creating value? In this case, no, they are eroding value. And part of that value erosion is cash burn. Here's the cash on hand. Uh, I'll just read the five quarters off the top. 13.1, 12.7, 11.6, It's a slope that's going lower and lower and lower. These guys need to raise cash. And they probably don't have a lot of prospects to do so. They are sitting on products that, although initially they did pretty well with when being first to market, competition ate them away they're a boutique company they weren't able to solidify themselves but they still had that revenue increase for this quarter what if they popped up higher above five million what if they hit five and a half million next quarter that's not a total long shot would it be enough to get their EBITDA numbers to zero at least that's a possibility but their operational costs are really still high relatively so the fact that they're running out of cash, that's really the ticking bomb that I'm looking at right now. And the fact it's sliding down as, as quickly as it is, this looks not good. Here's a picture on PLPRF. Um, it was pretty flat all through the past, you know, several months. Um, of course, trading has halted. Otherwise, this might be down to, say, one penny. Uh, you know, not certain on how that they're going to reemerge. If they do, they may get acquired. They do have some assets, not much. A company's got to look at it and ask the question, what are they really worth? The fact that they have assets, the fact that they're doing what they're doing, what are they really worth? It might 
be something for another company to look at them and say, well, they've got a license in California. And if there's a company that is not in California, that could make sense. Or another company who could sit there and say, we're in California. We have a distribution system that is, you know, solid. And I can't think of any company off the top of my head, just for the record. Um, somebody in California could pick them up and possibly push their products even further. But if you're already in California, you know, that kind of begs the question, well, why would you want to? If you're a flower only company, this is an edible company. So there's an opportunity there for a company to look at them and say, you know what, We're, we, we've got the flower thing going. We need gummies. Um, these guys have that infrastructure and whatever company may have that ability to carry them through uh, to getting to profitability, that could be a good thing. California is going to be a huge market. So we're seeing sort of an incestuous M&A move left and right. You know, we've seen several moves lately and we're going to continue to see so. You get a company that's in a state and you got another company that's much bigger wanting to get into that state. The easy route might just be to grab that company. Then all of a sudden, all you have to do is just expand your product lines. So PLPRF, may very well get bought out of bankruptcy. Uh, and I hope for this particular individual, that's a good thing. Long term, I'm hopeful that whoever does pick them up, should they get bought out, uh, does turn things around. And over a course of, say, two, three, five years or so, this person not only recoups, but can um, see some positive developments from that. If they're not EBITDA profitable, stay away. That would be probably the one takeaway I'd want to say here. Look at their revenue. Decline, decline, decline. What was going on there? Well, competition was going on there. They're a boutique kind of uh, company, and they never really, they got eaten alive by other companies. Uh, then there was the shift on the pandemic. Okay, so that's an outlying event that was catastrophic to the business, um, and you really can't do anything with that. Nonetheless, other companies have done well. So I can only accept that as an excuse up to a certain point simply because I can point to other companies and say, well, they're doing well. So, you know, you start looking at all the little different things, all the little metrics in here, and you start realizing that there were a multitude of things that could show up. When you're looking at these companies, honestly, if they're not a bit to profitable or darn close to it, brush them to the side. That 30, those 30 companies, those should be the ones you should be zeroing in on. Every one of these stocks is significantly undervalued. Given that, you don't really need to go after a company that's losing their shirt. Canopy Growth, there's a perfect example. They're not even close to a bit of profitable. Their numbers are so bad, it's not even funny. And if, if Canopy ever had to file to say, listen, we need to restructure, I would not be surprised. And that kind of brings up another problem in the, within the industry. You've got companies like MedMed who management just destroyed that company, which is too bad. Because now you have a whole bunch of people who are like, yeah, I don't want to get involved in that industry because they're all criminals. Because one company made a lot of bad choices and 
utterly destroyed a company that could have become huge. So you get one, you know, it's, you get one headline and it affects the entire industry. Right now, should you be investing, you could easily sit there and say, fine, MedMen, you know what, they did their thing, but I'm looking at this company and they're proving themselves. And these other companies are going to go ahead and push forward and really do well. And that might be it. Listen, I want to say thanks for stopping by the website. I hope you maybe pick something up here um, to avoid any kind of catastrophic event to your accounts. Um, Thank you so much for smashing that like button. I appreciate the comments, guys. They're always awesome. Thank you so much. If you are new to my channel, free email newsletter down below. Feel free to subscribe to that. And I send out my content on a regular basis. We'll see you in the next video.